Welcome once again, Bears fans. I'm Thomas. I'm Jim. And Jim is back! Hey, good to talk to everybody again. It's been a little bit. <laughs> I uh, am very excited to sit down and talk some Bears. It's been a couple of weeks of it just kind of building up. And for me, it's a lot of deja vu back to this time last year. It's kind of psycho right now, actually. Yeah, you're just sitting and refreshing Twitter, like, waiting for the bomb to drop. Yeah. Like, last year around this time, we knew that they were shopping the first overall pick and that there was likely to be a trade, and there were several days where there were a lot of, there was a lot of noise on social media, and it's like, today's the day, today's the day, and then it just wouldn't happen, and then it finally happened, and that's kind of how it feels right now with the yeah. Justin Fields situation, especially these last few days where you get him unfollowing the bears on instagram yeah and then he's on uh saint brown podcast and their albert breer tweets out that the bears are likely to make a move at quarterback like next week which doesn't make any sense to me really but like he knows yeah there's a lot of smoke right now and it's just that time of year where when the bears are in control of the offseason it's just waiting to see what they're gonna do so well, and you know, it, it, with with that one thing, that one point is, it, while this kind of seems more of the same, and it's easy to look at it that way, it's not though. This what has happened this year has literally never happened before. This has never happened where a team is coming off, uh, you know, a. a, a a decent season, not a terrible, not a terrible season, and has the number one overall pick. Has got and has got it through a trade like this. No, this has never happened. Well, and that's an interesting point, and it's pretty similar to what they were saying on the score a couple days ago, which is that if the Bears do select a quarterback with the first overall pick, which all indications seem to be that they will, they were saying that this is the best situation that a first overall quarterback will be dropped into yeah. potentially ever. And I think there's some merit to that. There is. And I haven't gone back and looked at the list, but off the top of my head, I mean, the first overall pick is always by design going to terrible teams. Right. And the Bears are not a terrible team as much as we can Ask question. Ask Bryce Young. <laughs> yeah. Or Joe Burrow that first year with the Bengals where he was getting his head bounced or off. Or Peyton the Manning. Andrew Luck, right? Like, <laughs> it's always a terrible team. And that's why I think there's a lot of Bears fans that are just of the mindset of, ah, it doesn't really matter. Whoever they're going to take, they're going to screw up anyway. It's like, that doesn't necessarily have to be true. Like, whoever they right. pick is coming into a situation with uh, unquestioned number one wide receiver and an offense that has the building blocks of a solid line. And, you know, you make a couple of good moves at skill position. This is a great environment for a t Caleb Williams. An easy top or, 10 um, tight end. Yeah, exactly. And plenty of money to spend. So I, I think that if the Bears do select Caleb Williams, which is what I think is going to happen, like, he should be pretty excited to be walking into this situation opposed, as opposed to, like, New England right. or Washington or places that are just at the start of their rebuild. Washington is a mess. They are. And everybody wants to leave, apparently. Yeah. So, I mean, you think maybe it, it is going to get a little better with the ownership change, but that's probably going to take a little bit. Yeah. So, I think that the Bears, as we've talked about, are, are sitting in a really 
good position to develop whatever quarterback they bring in here. And the big question mark is going to be coaching. We've talked about that a hundred times, but it is far from a terrible situation for a rookie quarterback. I I think it's actually like we were saying, one of, one of the best you can really hope for when you have the first overall pick. Yeah. And uh, on the, along those same lines with the you mentioned coaching, um, I think overall, most people look at the Shane Waldron hiring as a good hire. Uh, I mean, they brought in a guy who's actually got a much better resume than the guy whose job he took, right? So, and you you also got a guy who quarterbacks have excelled under him. So, those those two things, I, I think certainly would be inviting as well. Did you watch any of the Shane Waldron introductory press conference? I just saw the the some of the highlight pieces from it. I mean, it was as generic as it comes. It's hilarious. Like all anybody cares about is can they get this guy to reveal what they're going to do at quarterback? I know. Like he knows. <laughs> well, he doesn't know. Yeah, and if he does, he's certainly not going to say. Yeah. But I I'll bet I'll bet he doesn't know. I'll bet at, I 100% believe that the only people that know are Poles and Warren, period. If they even know yet. You know, and and that, and that's another part of it, right? Is that they probably have a vague idea, but as, it, as far as it being set in stone or anything, absolutely not. Well, Biggs said something to the effect of the other day. He's not thinking of it as... Justin Fields versus Caleb Williams, he's thinking of it as which quarterback are they going to draft? Like, I'm sure they know whether or not they're going to move on from Fields. It seems like they are. I mean, Justin Fields seems like he knows that he's moving on. But I'm sure that they can't tell you with certainty what quarterback they're going to pick yet. Right. If if they could tell you that, that is kind of malpractice. Because you haven't gone through the evaluation yet. And you're right. They probably have made the determination on whether they want to draft or or keep fields. But I, I I would not be shocked if we were able to be a fly on the wall and Paul said, you know what, I'm not... 100% 100% on what on which one I which path I want to take. I would not be surprised. Yeah, of course not. I mean, that the combine is happening now, right? Yeah. So they still have to interview all these guys. They still have to go to all the pro days like they it, they shouldn't have their decision made yet. That's how you end up with Mitch Trubisky because yeah. you fixate on one guy and then you don't do the diligence on the rest of the draft class. So Which I, is exactly what he did. Right. And there are analysts that don't have Caleb Williams at the top of their board. Not many, but it's not a consensus that Caleb Williams is for sure the best NFL prospect in this draft. There's some people that think Drake May is better. There's some I've heard that think Jaden Daniels is better. So they've got to do their diligence on all these guys. And that's why when I hear the reports that the Bears are likely to trade Justin Fields next week i'm like that just doesn't make sense on on many levels uh, on so many levels <laughs> like I, holes is not that dumb he's not gonna get maximum value by doing that and also like it's consider what the falcons or the steelers or one of the teams that's been brought up as a potential destination are thinking they want to go through and evaluate the 
incoming quarterback class as well. Even if the Pittsburgh Steelers, who are picking, I think, like 20th, right. they want to go in and see, can we find a hidden gem somewhere in this quarterback class that maybe then we don't have to trade for Justin Fields. Yeah. And then we've got our quarterback on a rookie deal. So for the J.J. Next... McCarthy, Michael Penix, Bo Nix. Yeah, so, some of these guys that aren't going to go in the top two or three. So I, I think we've got a little bit of time still before we have any sort of definitive answer on this. I mean, we might not know until draft day, honestly. Like, I would be surprised if we don't have a better indication before the day of the draft. But if Ryan Poles doesn't tip his hand, I mean, we could just be dealing with this until April still. I, I That's what I'm expecting. Um, I'm expecting us to not know towards the end, until the end of April. Um, and yes, I, I wouldn't be shocked if we don't know until the day of the draft. But I, I, I think that if we do find out before then, it's not very far in front of the draft that we do. Um, like you said, all the rest of the teams have to do their own research on the on the quarterbacks. This crop of quarterbacks teams are very excited about because it does go deep. There, there's been hype leading up to this that this is the year that they finally have more quarterbacks taken in the first round than in the history of the draft. That there's more quarterbacks that are from bottom to that for from top to bottom are at a higher caliber than maybe for 10 years. You know, uh, I was just reading the other day, as far as Caleb Williams goes, um, I'm trying to recall, it was one of the guys from ESPN, one of the draft analysts. He said he went and looked at the last 10 drafts and he would have drafted Caleb Williams number one in all of them. Yeah. There's definitely that opinion out there. I mean, I don't know whether Caleb Williams is a great quarterback or not. I like to look at numbers. And I can tell you this, as far as numbers goes, he's freaking Madden. <laughs> I mean, he really, he, I mean, he threw 93 touchdowns in college. That just doesn't happen very often. You yeah, know? and I mean, I think that people push back on the term generational and I understand why, because somebody's a generational prospect until the next generational prospect comes right. along. It, it happens every couple of years. So I understand why people push back on that, but I think that he's got a great shot of being better than what the Bears have right now. Yeah. Like, he could very easily, like, day one, be the most talented quarterback that the Bears have ever had. He could be. Now, Justin Fields would have an argument in terms of talent, Jay Cutler would have an argument in terms of talent, but with those guys, it was pretty inconsistent production. And if Caleb Williams comes in and has a great rookie year and looks like C.J. Stroud, like can you imagine the level of excitement that Bears fans collectively will have? And I think that's very realistic when you consider the talent level, the numbers, the improvement, hopefully, at offensive coordinator, and then also, just like we were talking about, the nest that he's going to be dropped into with right. DJ Moore and Cole Komet and and all that I think it's very possible that he just comes in guns blazing and is really good right out of the gate and he could also struggle because he's a rookie and rookies struggle sometimes right. but it wouldn't surprise me at all if he comes in and is really good and really exciting right away so I, I think that's what 
you got to hope for, right? I mean, I, at the debate of Fields versus quarterback X in the draft kind of is starting to feel over. Just as we've distanced ourselves from the season and as that home game against the Cardinals where everyone was chanting his name kind of starts to fade into a more distant memory, like the dust kind of seems like it's settled and it seems like most people are of the opinion that the Bears are going to have a new quarterback next year. I, I would say that's the general consensus. And now. with Biggs making that comment, like I ta- that, that I said earlier, right, where it's like, it's what quarterback the ba- are the Bears going to draft? Like, right. he's getting that from somewhere. That means that they haven't made it clear in the building that Actually, Caleb Williams is definitively the guy. He, um, Biggs has been very clear about the fact that he has heard absolutely nothing. Um, but he has been of the opinion that polls cannot pass through this draft without drafting a quarterback for months. He has literally been at that since uh, even before the season ended. Um, he was, I remember him writing. Before the Packer game, he, he got in his mailbag a, a, a question. Oh, well, you know, uh, Fields has played well these last few games. Because remember, Fields had that nice surge towards the end. But it was against mostly garbage. And the Bears were out of it. And the Bears were out of it. Well, uh, he, he got a very, you know, uh, right before the Packer game... A very direct question. Oh, well, do you think that if Fields wins this game, this will affect how Poles looks at the draft this year? And Big said, absolutely not. Right. He knows whether he wants... He's not going to base whether he's keeping this quarterback on one game. Yeah. It's, it's about what he sees as the future. Because Poles, for at least in my opinion... It seems like a very clever and astute and observational individual. He seems like he is truly doing what is the best for the team in the long run. He has real vision about where he wants to go. And he's promoted that since he's got there. And I think that's what made him have a job in Kansas City for 13 years. So I think that's what we got when we got him, is somebody that is looking constantly at the horizon. And he is constantly looking at ways to make this team better so that we're better for a long time, just like Kansas City is now. I think that's right. And part of it is that during the season, like it's the NFL is such a week-to-week league where you get the game and then... The next couple of days, it's all the reaction to the game where all of the local and national commentators have their say. And then the coaches talk on Wednesday and Thursday. And then you get to Friday. And then you're already kind of thinking about the next game. And then all of a sudden, when you get to, like, December and Justin Fields had a couple of really great games in a row, yeah, like, that Packers game at the start of the year, like, felt like it was, like, two years ago at that point, <laughs> right? Like, when when... when the NFL season is going on. It's so fast-paced that you just get caught up in the last couple of games. And, yeah, Justin Fields finished pretty strong. But when you kind of take a step back and you've had some time to reflect on it, I mean, there was a couple of really good games. There was a couple of really bad games. And for the most part, it was kind of 
good. You know, it was fine. But you've got an opportunity to shoot for a lot better than that. And I think that Biggs, while he hasn't heard directly, yes, we're taking Caleb Williams, or yes, we're taking Drake May, like, when he says things like what you were talking about, like, he's talking to people in the building off the record. Sure. Like, he has an indication of how the Bears executives are leaning. He might not know what they're going to do, or he might know, and they've said, you're not allowed to say this publicly. Right. But he has an idea what they're thinking. Sure. And that's informing everything that he is saying in his newsletters and in his interviews on the score. And sometimes he's kind of have to listen between the lines on some of this stuff. And I think that, like you said, he's been very consistent for months that if you've got an opportunity to pick first overall and get your quarterback, then you have to do that. And I think that as we have kind of had a couple of months now to decompress from the bear season. I, I think it's just becoming all the more clear that's what's going to happen. And when you listen to Justin Fields, I don't know if you had a chance to listen to him on the podcast that he did. Yeah. He knows too. Like, yeah. He's no dummy. He, he knows that it's probably over here for him and you feel bad for him because I do. I think we're all in agreement that the bears didn't exactly give him a full deck to they play did. with. And it can be true that the Bears screwed up his development. I think that's blatantly obvious, but that also doesn't mean that he's coming back. Like I, I think right. both things can be true. I think they screwed it up, and I think that they're going to draft another quarterback. And the people that screwed it up are largely gone, and you hope that the people that are here now don't screw it up. It's it's not fair, and guess what? Neither is anything else in life. Right. Um, you know, you, you've got to... You've just got to look at it like, hey, this is the business of it, and uh, you know, be prepared to move on. I, I from what uh, Field said the other day, I, I think that he looks at it exactly like that. Like, I'd really like to stay in Chicago. He was bl- he was blunt about it, but if that's not what's going to happen, that's not what's going to happen. It's not. It's beyond my control. Yeah, and his only. His only thing that he can control is how well he prepares for the field and plays on it. That's all. Yeah, and you feel bad for him because he was talking about, yeah, man, like I, I'm normally watching film at this time. And right now he can watch film on himself, but it's not like he can study the offense. Right. Because he doesn't know what offense he's going to be a part of. And the part that was really sad to me was that when he said that his best memory as a bear was like the first preseason game. It's just like, <laughs> it's just like, ugh. Yeah, it certainly wasn't week one. That's the that's the most bearish thing ever. Like, yeah, I mean, you got to look at it. Fields is a good slash great quarterback. Um, he, he, but the thing is, is I, I said this when I was talking with Chris. I watched the playoff games, and out of all the playoff games this year, only one game was decided by who ran the ball better. Uh, every single game, including the Super Bowl, was which quarterback outplayed the other one. And, well, it's not too shocking that the best quarterback in the NFL won the whole thing again. Yeah. I don't give a crap about all of the conspiracy theory BS that is out there. Mahomes was the best quarterback at the beginning of the season, and he was still the best quarterback at the end of the season. And until somebody else plays better than him, he's going to keep winning. 
it's easy to go and put a bet on him right now at Vegas because you know that he's going to be right there when it comes to the playoffs. That's the, it, it, You don't have to guess. Unless there's an entire slew of injuries, he's going to be there. Doesn't it like feel like the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes have like kind of broken the NFL a little bit? Yeah, of like, course. They're, they're the team. Like they, they trade away their best, like their uh, first ballot Hall of Fame wide receiver. Yep. And then they win the Super Bowl. And then this year, the entire season, it's uh, the Chiefs are broken. Their yep. wide receivers are awful. And you know what? Their wide receivers are awful. They are. And you know what they did? They won the Super Bowl again. <laughs> like, like the Michael Jordan comparisons are legitimate. In they that, are. Like, think of all the great players that have an asterisk next to their career in the NBA because they just happened to play in the league while Michael Jordan while was there. Michael Jordan was there. And it's just, you go against that guy and you lose. Yep. And that's how... And, and how many just m- mediocre guys have multiple rings because they were on the same team as him. Exactly. Like, you, you hear like people bashing Kyle Shanahan, and it's like... Kyle Shanahan has lost two heartbreaking Super Bowls to the best quarterback ever, probably. Yeah. Like, and Tom Brady. Like, yeah. So let's lay off Kyle Shanahan a little bit. Like, uh, if, if I'm a if I'm a Niners fan, I'm cheering that guy. Yeah, it's just like 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 I said. I mean, you just he's the he's the goat. I mean, it, yeah. it, it's cliche, but you just go up against that guy in the playoffs and you lose. They, and, and you know they, they they can look at other aspects of the of the game and say, well, you know, they're the team that gets all the calls and and, and so on. I mean, as Bears fans, uh, you know, I, I'm not gonna. I'm sorry, I don't feel sorry for you at all. I'm sorry, I'm not sorry because I, I've we've endured that crap since we were little kids uh, with the Packers. So don't don't bring that to our. To our to our field, okay. Um, so the the thing is is that it's the it's the most team oriented game in the world. I one hundred percent believe that. But you still have to have the guy behind center. Right. He still is the king. And until further notice, which is probably never, he always will be. And that's the death. That's just the way it is. And we have dealt with this for far too long. And one of the things that Biggs has hammered over and over again is that you just can't be in the number one spot two years in a row and have a question mark at quarterback and not take a guy. You can't. You just can't do it. And that sucks for Fields. And it sucks how it started off for him because you and I were just talking 10 minutes ago about how when you come into a situation that has to do with your development as a top pick. And that's exactly what happened to him. But you know what? Them's the berries. Yeah, exactly. And the people that screwed it up originally are all gone. And the second offensive coordinator that seemed to screw it up is also gone. Yeah. And you hope that Shane Waldron and Thomas Brown, that's his name, right? The yeah. Panthers guy. Like, you hope that the coaches that are here now don't screw up the development of the next guy. And, like, I will just continue banging the drum that 
just because the Bears, as a franchise, have not ever developed a quarterback successfully, doesn't mean you don't keep trying. Right. You, you, I mean, you know, you, you can't go and, you know, like in Major League, you, you can't sacrifice a chicken. Right. right? Like you got you to keep spinning the wheel because... You know who hadn't drafted, uh, developed a quarterback in a really long time? The Chiefs. Or that's it. That's Bull Durham. Like, <laughs> the, the, like the the Chiefs had many years of quarterback dysfunction. Right. Before they drafted Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. The only quarterback they ever had that was any good was Joe Montana, yeah. and that was at the end of his career. Yeah. And they had other, you know, other serviceable guys, Alex Smith and Matt Castle, but those were all free agents that they brought in, and they were decent and. When that's your quarterback, you've got absolutely no chance of winning anything legitimate. The Bears could have drafted Patrick Mahomes. Oh, yes. Our GM chose a different guy. You know, that's just the way it is. That's what happened. Uh, deal with it. But they have the opportunity to rectify this situation. And no matter how big of a cheerleader you are for Justin Fields, he has not shown that he can perform consistently at a high level as a passer in the NFL. It's just point blank. Let let the league tell you which asset is more valuable. Like the Ian Rappaport story that the Bears are asking for a quote historic haul to trade the first overall pick. You know what you'd get for trading Justin Fields? A lot less than a historic haul. <laughs> like, you're probably going to get, like, a second or a third round pick versus if you were to trade the first overall pick, you'd get multiple firsts and maybe another yeah. player. Like, you'd get a bigger return probably than you got last year for trading with Carolina. So, obviously, the league considers one asset far more valuable than the other. And none of this is to say that Justin Fields is bad or that he is deserving of having to start over with a new franchise like or he's not capable of elevating his game further yeah like you and i are both huge justin fields fans like wherever he goes as long as he's not playing the bears i'm gonna be rooting for him heck yeah i respect the hell out of that kid for how he's conducted himself during his time with the bears often in less than ideal circumstances like i have a lot of respect for him and i think he's a good quarterback but I think they've got a chance for a great quarterback, and I think that they need to take that chance and try to get the next person that can walk out on a field across from Pat Mahomes or Joe Burrow or whatever great quarterback you're talking about, and you feel as a Bears fan that you've got a chance because you've got that guy. Yep. Like, you don't feel that way about Justin Fields. He put up some good games against largely bad defenses i haven't seen anything that would tell me that he'd be able to walk into san francisco and put up big numbers against nick bosa and fred warner and that whole collective like we haven't seen him do that against great defenses like you see mahomes or any of the great quarterbacks around the league i mean we saw it in our own division this year i mean we, yeah. we saw jordan love do some pretty impressive things and we haven't even we haven't seen that from Justin Fields. So I, I think that after three years with this opportunity, it's it's time. Yeah, and uh, um, you know, with with Green Bay uh, in your face, um, 
you can't ignore the fact that they've gotten it right now what appears to be their third time in a row and that's not even counting um the fact that bart Starr is a, a hall of famer as well um they've done it far better than us it's not even it's not even the 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 same league uh it right now as far as a passer goes it's hard to list not it's it's hard to not list Justin Fields as four. Uh, it, it, it's it, 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 how do you justify it? I mean, you, you can't put them above Goff. No. You, you can't put them above Kirk Cousins. You can't put them above Love. I mean, that it, it, that just making it a microcosm of just our division, and you can't even put them above. You can't put them above last place. It's like not even a discussion. Like it's, and it's not and even close. We, we we realize that as fans of him, that yeah, he he did not get the 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 situation that the other guys got, but it, it doesn't matter. We are where we are right now, and they have a they have to make the determination number one that they're doing an upgrade by drafting one of these guys at number one. And that it is the significant change that's going to need to be there to drive the team for five, eight, ten years. Exactly. Like, you're looking for sustainable success. Yeah. And you only get that in the NFL when you've got a great quarterback. And listen to Dan Campbell after his team lost in the NFC Championship game when he said, look, there's a pretty good chance we never make it back this far. Yeah. And that's... Statistically, that's true. Yeah, when you don't have the great quarterback, which, say what you want about Jared Goff, he's not a great quarterback, that really limits your ability to get back to that spot. And maybe they get lucky again next year, and they have another great year, and they're right back competing for a Super Bowl. But more than likely what's going to happen, because they've got a pretty good but not great quarterback, is they're going to be hovering around eight, nine, ten wins. They'll... You know, maybe make the playoffs, and they'll probably get bounced in the first or second round. I mean, that's just what happens to teams that have above average slash good slash, you know, even really good quarterbacks. I mean, think of all the really good quarterbacks over the last 30 years that haven't even come close to winning a Super Bowl. Yeah. There's there's plenty that you can name, so... If you got it, a lot of things have to go right for that to happen. Yeah, and you need to be able to go up against other great quarterbacks and win. That's uh, that's like the starter. Yeah, so I, it really is. I mean, right? I mean, I, I I just said it takes a lot of different pieces to make that happen, but the very first piece has got to be the guy behind center. Yeah, I mean, think about like Lamar Jackson, for example, great quarterback. Have they even gotten to an AFC Championship game with him? Uh, I, I think they got to an AFC Championship game. Okay, but haven't played for a Super Bowl. Like, if you have a chance to go out and get somebody with the ceiling of a Mahomes, or, and this might even be ridiculous because it's quite possible that just nobody's Patrick Mahomes. Like he's he's great. he's he's uh, he is a Hall of Famer. He he could quit today and he would be in the Hall of Fame. Absolutely. So. That's insane. <laughs> I mean, really? Yeah. That is insane. Like, yeah, and 
just if you've got a chance to get somebody like that, you just you just have to take it. That's 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 the end of the discussion. And it, let's not forget, there's tons of teams that could have that could have got him. I mean, it wasn't you know he he was drafted ten, I think. Yep. You know, and Kansas City traded up to get him. So it wasn't like it wasn't like he even was went at one. You know, he, he they, most of the teams in the league had the opportunity to get that guy. But it came down to Kansas City's people in the right positions who said, you know what, this is the guy. We got to get this guy. Okay, well, we're going to have to give up a lot to go get him. Well, I don't care. You got to go get this guy. And our guy who's in charge was part of that group. Mm -hmm. I think that's still a pretty good indication of what this guy can do. Yeah. And he... It, it does seem like it, it seems like he was wholehearted last year in the fact that okay we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna put some things in place that hopefully will help this kid JF1 get to the spot that he needs to be to show that he's the guy and we got to the end of the year and that question is still open and you know uh, Biggs uh, was talking to an NFL executive, and the guy said, yeah, and if you look at it right now, there's no way that you can't draft a new guy with that question being there, because that means that it's not, it's not a question anymore. Right. So, I mean, I think we've probably said all we're going to say on this one for now. Um, with the combine going on, any early indications we haven't talked in a couple weeks any any thoughts on kind of what position you'd like to see them targeting outside a quarterback or any players in specific so um when i was looking uh at this you know i think that this is a an interesting discussion if you if you don't look at at, at quarterback um i think that probably the, the the next spots that are the most important are center and receiver. Um, it's it you know you, it, that that's that's not looking at Braxton Jones as left tackle because Braxton Jones still had a pretty good season as as a left tackle when uh, over the over the last half of the season when most of the offensive line was finally healthy. Chris and I were in agreement that by far the most important position that they have to address is center. Oh yeah. That, that is not acceptable the way it is and the way it's been the last, (laughs) I don't know. When when did Olin Kruitz retire? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, You know, uh, so that has to be addressed and it has to be addressed with a draft pick that is, now, one thing that it, it did jump out to me the other day, um, I don't know why it, it hadn't occurred to me, but the Bears right now have six picks. Yeah, it's not, not it. a lot. That is not a lot. That's like the days of pace. Yeah. So um, you got to be judicious with that, especially if you are using the number one pick. Um, suddenly, boom, you only have five left. And center and receiver are huge um, for your incoming quarterback. 
Uh, you gotta have somebody else other than just DJ Moore, and you gotta have somebody running that offensive line. Yeah, I remember looking at that a couple of months ago and seeing that they only had the six picks, and it's kind of jarring. It is. And we've seen Ryan Poles have an ability to turn picks into more picks. Yeah. I think his first year they had something like five picks, and he ended up making like 14 selections. (laughs) like, Like he just like kept trading back. Yeah, um, I think I think he went from five to ten. So yeah, like, but yeah, six is not enough. Um, but the roster isn't in as and no ter- second round pick. Yeah, exactly. But the roster isn't in as terrible of shape as it's been, and I think that a you're probably going to trade Justin Fields for a second or third round pick. I think that's going to happen. I don't think they should. Uh, to me. Fields is worth at least a second, and I think also like a fifth. Yeah, we'll see. Now, obviously, if you have multiple teams bidding, the price goes up. But I wouldn't take less than a second for him. Yeah, I think I think I think people are going to be disappointed in the return. I, I could see a second. Um, I don't know. I, I I just don't. The more I think about it, I, first of all, I don't think there's that many landing spots that make a ton of sense. And so. Uh, go ahead. Go ahead. So, yeah. Second of all, like, it's not ideal to be trading for a quarterback in his fourth year because if he does well, that means you have to give him the massive contract on a pretty well, small sample size. Technically, what you could do though is you you get you get your fourth year, plus you can get the fifth year. Fifth year option. Plus, then you can franchise him. You, I mean, you could franchise him up to three times after that. Yeah, you can you can do it. But. So. But, um, I, I mean, I understand what you're saying. He's still, you got to remember, he is, he, he, you know, he's 24 years old. So, um, to me, he's, he's still a, a pretty good option. Now, uh, about, uh, look, to three days ago, Courtney Cronin and um, Field Yates did a piece. And they... Um, Came up with uh, some options here. Uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers as a possibility for Fields. Yep. Uh, the trade package that they came up with. Um, 2024 second round pick, number 51. And 2024 fourth round pick. Um, now... Uh, Mike Tomlin, they, they mentioned in here Mike Tomlin recently came out and talked about how good of a player Kenny Pickett is. Um, Mason Rudolph outplayed Kenny Pickett. I, I don't see that as... Yeah, sure, sure yeah that's BS. Um, the uh, Atlanta Falcons, of course. Um, there's uh, the trade package they came up with was just straight up pick number 43. And then um, that would be a great return. Yeah, that's a that's a good one. Um, the Raiders is another team they came up with. That's not happening. Twenty twenty four third round pick and wide receiver Hunter Renfro. I don't think anybody at any point is interested in a Justin Fields Luke Getzey reception. Yeah, <laughs> reunion, not reception. Yeah. And that's what I thought too. Um, but uh, to those quote, are to those... quote Rachel Phelps in Major League, cross them off. <laughs> <laughs> so you know th- those are the ones they came up with, and I, I feel like um, 
I feel like the Pittsburgh and Atlanta both could be um, legit. Uh, obviously, Atlanta makes a lot of sense because Brian Pace is there and you're sending him to a team that already has several pieces. Um, and that's where he's from. I mean, he played high school football in Atlanta. So, yeah. or, 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 or sorry, I think it actually was uh, Norcross. Who but, did, who's their coach now? Who did they hire? Um, their new one is... Because that, I mean... I can't think of who their new coach is. Believe me, this is not like a hot take. Everybody's been linking Justin Fields. Raheem the, Morris okay. is their new coach. Yeah, so, I mean, defensive head coach. Yeah. Falcons, I mean, that's that's a team that... I think underachieved pretty considerably in in very no, much in no small part due to terrible quarterback play and also terrible coaching. Arthur Smith, Kennesaw, Georgia is where Fields played um, high school football. Yeah, so like if if that's where this all ends up, then I think that'll be the least surprising NFL headline ever. But you know there are some others. I I could see maybe. If the Patriots aren't in love with any of these rookies, maybe they could make a move like that. There are multiple teams that I think would be interested, depending on how the draft evaluation goes. But yeah. I, I don't think it's a ton of teams. I think it's probably like five or fewer. Yeah, I think it's there's not a, a huge amount. Um, those two particular ones, Pittsburgh and Atlanta, both make a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, neither team is in a uh, position to draft uh, one of the rookies, one of the top rookies. And, you know, uh, Atlanta, you know, has that extra ad that it's hometown. Um, and there's, there's, there's pieces there already. Uh, you know, if you're either one of those would be, it would be a, a good fit. Um, and, like you said, uh, those actually seem like realistic returns for him as well. So, um, yeah, getting pick 43, I think that would be a good trade. That would be great. If, yeah. if they can get a pick in the top half of the second round, that would really surprise me, to be honest. But, yeah. I mean, it's Ryan Pace who yeah. makes dumb trades. Yeah. And... It's the Falcons who are desperate for a quarterback and a new coach that's going to want to make a splash and maybe that they're not going to want to go into next year with a rookie that's probably going to be like the fourth or fifth quarterback off the board. So, you know, it, it makes a lot of sense. Um, it would kind of, I mean, I guess you might have to just bite the bullet and trade him within the conference. I assume they're going to want to trade him to the AFC, but there's not that many not going to be that many suitors. So the Falcons, if, if they're willing to part with that 43rd pick, then make that trade right now. Yeah. Um, you know, what we'll, what we'll see moving forward is, like you said, first we've got to go through the combine and they've got to go uh, do the evaluation on, on, all the, on all the players and see how that works out. And I do 100% believe that, a firm decision um, on whether to keep fields or not has not been reached. That's just my own personal opinion. But I, Paul seems like a guy that keeps all of his options open and does the proper amount of preparation before he makes 
he, he makes that decision. People would uh, quickly point uh, to, you know, cesspool as, well, you know, what happened there? I still think that that wasn't a bad trade. It, in hindsight, it was terrible. Right. But you don't have hindsight when you do that. You know, he was trying to help Justin Fields was what he was trying to do. So when you look at it, he was trying to help his quarterback. That's a good thing. Yeah, it clearly didn't work, but I liked the trade when they made it. Yeah. So I I can't go back and say that I didn't. I mean, I think that clearly didn't work out and... He didn't even get anything done in Miami either. So like his his career might just be over. <laughs> but, yeah, he's he's garbage. Yeah, I mean that you know that's uh, you know he 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 fooled three different teams. So whatever you know, a lot can be said. Um, you know when it comes to pro sports, that a lot of times they're not just looking at you know they're they're looking at this player as kind of a racehorse, right? It's like, yeah, look at his size, look at his speed, look at his athleticism. You know, well, he acts like a psycho. Well, you know, we can work with that, yeah. right? I, don't say it doesn't happen because it happens all the time. Yeah, and in this case, he was just too big of a knucklehead to make it work. And, you know, I, like I said, I, I think his time in the NFL might be about done. But, yeah, the, I mean... The Bears did cut their losses on that one. It really stings knowing that you traded a second-round pick for something that you got absolutely nothing out of. But, you know, it was a mistake, and no NFL executive bats 100. And, yeah. You know, that that's a really bad one. But, you know, you, you, um, you, don't, you don't let a mistake like that beat you twice. And Poles said something to that effect when they went out and traded for Montez Sweat. He's like, look – some I think he said Kevin Warren even told him just keep keep swinging man like if you believe in what you're doing take your take your shot and the Montez Sweat trade appears to have worked out far better so that's yeah funny. so mine my list is wide receiver is number one um, after after quarterback and center is one is one a one a yeah. yeah. Um, right behind that defensive end, mm-hmm. uh, they have to find somebody to play opposite Sweat. Um, I actually think that the group around Sweat is probably the best we've had for a, a while as a whole, um, and I think it will continue uh, to improve. Um, I think they should bring back Justin Jones. Justin Jones is a free agent. I don't know whether they will or not. Yeah. Um, which, by the way, on the show last week with. Uh, when Chris was subbing in, um, I went and looked it up. Uh, Justin Jones outperformed uh, Ogunjobi. Yeah, he played well last year, especially after the sweat trade. And Justin Jones was somebody at the start of the year that I was pretty hard on because during that like horrific first month of the season, he just was invisible. Yeah. But yeah, he really did pick it up and seems like a solid veteran in the locker room. I don't want him as my starting three technique, but as a rotational player, you, you can do far worse. And he's only he, he's only 28. So, uh, I mean, you know, he it's not like we're having to sign him for, uh, you know, a, a big long. It'd probably be a two or three year deal. Yeah, and I heard some speculation on the radio that maybe the Bears would try to 
improve three technique again i mean yeah there, there's, there's it's possible yeah there's just no way you can do that when you already spent a second round pick on it last year like if you're if you're just continuously doubling down on positions that's not a good way to build a roster and i i thought dexter had a lot of flashes yeah i've yet to i'm, I'm not convinced that he can be like the guy that plays 80 percent of snaps and is dominant on many of them throughout the game because what it seemed like to me throughout the year was that he'd make a great play and then would be kind of invisible, which isn't that uncommon for rookies, but I want to see him taking a much higher percentage of snaps this year compared to what he was doing last year because I think in pretty much every game he was on the field less than 50% of the time. Well, and the the area that they're thinking about that is there's – multiple defensive tackles that are available in free agency this year that it's questionable whether their teams will be able to retain them. Um, uh, so uh, if, if they want to go at it in free agency, I've got no problem with that. Yeah, Christian Wilkins from Miami and uh, Justin Matabuki from Baltimore. Uh, yeah, from Baltimore are two prime candidates. Um, but... You know, th- those teams also at the same time are going to fight like hell to keep those players. So, yeah. um, but anyway, uh, you know, obviously defensive end is a- another uh, another spot that needs serious consideration. In my opinion, um, while I-, I thought about this, I think that center and receiver, though, are both above that. Because if you're going to go ahead and bring in a new quarterback you need to fill those two spots pretty badly. Yeah, center is just such a glaring need. It's such a bad hole. It's it, I don't know whether the receiver hole or the center hole is worse. Center. But, <laughs> but they're both bad. Yes. Yeah. You, I, you can find a couple of replacement level wide receivers. Yeah. Like, what the Bears have done at center over the last decade... Is garbage. Yeah, it's just... Not okay. No, so, yeah, it's it, it is not acceptable. I I said a couple of weeks ago if they used the ninth overall pick on the center from Oregon, I wouldn't be mad about it. Yeah. That's not a very good draft in term uh, a, a very good pick in terms of positional value. But if you get a center that can just hold that spot down for the next ten years, then by all means, because whatever this has been is is just so tiring. Like. They haven't even been decent at that spot. It uh, like it's been garbage. Last year they they had three guys that couldn't snap the ball. Yeah, at, at NFL level centers that were constantly snapping the ball on the ground or over the quarterback's head. It's just they gave a sixth round pick for Dan Feeney. Yeah, that guy is terrible. Yeah, he he started I think in that last game up in Green Bay and it was just like oh my god yeah get him out of there. It was horrible. So yeah, if if they overdraft to get. Uh, elite center prospect then yeah and in, in my opinion i'm the same as you they can't overdraft no they need to get a guy in there that is an echo of olin Kurtz. and if you want to pair a rookie center with a veteran center that can start for the first part of the season like that's fine do whatever you want there if you want to also bring in a free agent but you need a long-term fix there because that was probably the worst failure of last year is what they planned to do at that position. It was just a, a complete failure right from jump. 
Um, there, there is something I wanted to bring up. This is in the news recently. Tevin Jenkins did not qualify for a PPE raise. Um, that's a performance raise that uh, players that are second round, third round, and so on can get. They can earn that. And um, uh, it, it's harder for, it gets easier as you get farther from the first round uh, to, to make them. But there's still a lot of qualifiers to do it. Um, Jenkins would have had to play in 60% of the offensive snaps in his first, in two of his first three seasons to make it. In 2021, he only played in 14 percent. 2022, 56 percent. 2023, 65 percent. So only made it one year. Um, and out of total offensive snaps in his first three seasons, he's at 44.7 percent. My question to you is. We know that Jenkins plays well when he plays, but only playing 44.7% of your first three seasons is not good. Well, yeah, when you top out at, what did you say, 60-something? 64.7 was his best. Now, that was last year. Yeah, so even if you take the first year out of it, you're still averaging probably less than 60 percent yeah so yeah that's not good right I mean, about 60 percent yeah I'm, I'm gonna be very interested to see how ryan poles handles that because tevin jenkins is a very very good player when he's out there but he's just one of those guys where it just seems like if he's on your team you've gotta assume that he's just gonna miss a few games throughout the year and right you know that's a pretty you know availability is one of the most important assets in the NFL. And, like, there's been players all throughout sports history that just don't play all their games, and teams have to figure out how to value them because if you look at just his level of play when he's on the field, he's one of the best guards in football, but, you know, you can't pay him like that if you are going into the year already assuming he's probably going to miss a quarter of the season, if not more. Well, and, and the all-time best player of of the Bears, Walter Payton, he, he wasn't the best pure running back of history, of, of, of NFL history. The, but the thing was, was that he did so many things well, and he never missed a game. He missed one game in his career. That's incredible. That's insane. So, you know, I mean, that's, that's, and, you know, uh, Mongo, Steve McMichael is another one. And, you know, he was just, uh, he, he still holds the Bears record for most games. So, or uh, most games consecutively started. So, you know, I mean, you can be the greatest player ever, but if you don't play, that's a problem. Yeah. (laughs) You know, so... Um, do, you, do you think they are going to extend him this off season? I, See, I, that's the thing is, I don't think so. I don't either. I I think uh, Poles is going to want to see him uh, in that started, you know, eighty or ninety or a hundred percent of the snaps. I mean, that's one of the things that I always gave Braxton Jones was Braxton Jones 
in 2022 was the only player that started every single possible snap on the entire team. The next closest was Justin Jones. Yeah. So, you know, it, you know, it, it, the thing is, I think Justin Jones only missed like, like five or something. I mean, he, he missed a minuscule amount. Uh, other than center, because I think we're all in agreement they're going to make a move there. Do you think any of the other starters on the line are different going into week one? No. I don't, um, I don't either. You know, people have brought up Nate Davis. One of the things I did and uh, that uh, I posted um, was uh, Nate Davis recently bought a $2.3 million home in Chicago. Just like a, a month ago. Yeah. You don't do that because you think you're going someplace. I think they're going to give him a bit of a mulligan. Last year was so weird with the death in his family. Yeah. And then he was just never healthy. And look, I mean, that's another player for the last couple of years that has had a lot of injuries. So he might be another player on the line that you just can't count on to be out there for every game. But I, I think that they're going to run it back with him. I'd be very surprised if, yeah. if he's not back just because, like I said, I think last year just so much was going against him like right from the start of the year that I, I think they're going to give him another chance to hopefully come back healthy and play at full strength. Yeah, I think you have three spots on the line set right now. Yeah. But, um, you know, the, the, two, the two question marks to me are Braxton Jones and and center but i think that um i personally believe that the coaching staff and polls likes braxton jones and he you know he's still a rising player um now at the same time i think that this year will kind of be like the 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 final test for jones you either uh, you either elevate your game or you stay where you, you know you've plateaued out and you'll become a swing tackle. Well, and depending on how the draft board plays out, they might have a chance to draft a player that's got legit all-pro potential at left tackle. Yeah. And Braxton Jones, nice player, but I don't think he's got that same level of potential. So if one of the elite tackle prospects falls to nine, it wouldn't shock me if Poles just goes for the player with the great ceiling and then you figure out can you move Braxton Jones to guard or is he a swing tackle or do you maybe trade him it, it wouldn't shock me but we don't know a if any of those tackles are going to be there and then like you said I, I think that they like Braxton Jones a lot so I, I think that they're gonna it's gonna take a pretty special prospect for them to move on from him yeah the, um so I, I've been reading a little bit about the tackles um, and, uh, there's three tackles that they're rating that have a first round grade. Um, then the top one, Joe Alt from, uh, Notre Dame. Um, I didn't realize this until this week. He's John Alt, the former hall of famer for Kansas city's kid. <laughs> Let's go. Yeah. Um, Six foot eight, <laughs> 320, I think it's 22 pounds. I mean, he is a massive human. It's a big boy. Yeah. Um, I, I think he is going to be similar to Paris Johnson last year. I would think that he doesn't make it out of the top five. Um, and it, that's even with 
quarterbacks going one, two, three, it, it's looking like it, it would be Marvin Harrison Jr. and then Alt. Yeah. Now, that said, the other t- pure left tackle uh, prospect, Fashionow from uh, Penn State, it's looking like most mock drafts have him available at nine. Now, the thing is, is do the receivers, one of the top three receivers, gets pushed down to nine, or is Fashion out there? And if one of those two isn't there, then does he move maybe on the on also one of the defensive ends? Because right now, most mock drafts have the Bears taking one of the defensive ends at nine. Or trading back. Now, I, I, I personally, if, if, if we do select a uh, quarterback at one, you, you, to me, if they, if they are going to just, they either should trade back or take uh, one of the offensive players there. I, I just, I, I want to give the new guy who's coming in as many pieces as possible. I 100% agree with that. And I'm letting Matt Eberflus earn his paycheck to coach up the defense. Like, yeah. You know, you can take you can you can get some of these other um, you can get some of these other guys for the defense a, a little bit further down in the draft, and like you said, you, you know, get to work doing some coaching up on these guys. Yeah, exactly. You already traded a second round pick and gave a huge contract to Montez Sweat, and there's been a lot of other high draft capital invested on this defense. Like to me, we're making this offense as. We're giving this offense as much talent as possible. And Matt Eberflus, you know, your job is to take a defense that's got a little bit less talent and make them better than the sum of their parts. Because otherwise, I'm not quite sure what you do here. Yeah, and the, and this new, uh, the new defensive coordinator, um, his specialty is defensive line. And uh, I think it's the last, uh, the last two teams that he's been with, um, he, he's led the the, their team has led the league in sacks. So he knows how to, you know, um, really motivate a defensive line and, and, and work that out. You know, and uh, Eberflus is, you know, your, um, uh, is your linebacker guy. And uh, I think they kept Hoke, right? So yeah. you still have your, your secondary guy. And the secondary is looking like it's going to be really solid. Oh, which, by the way... Um, I, I, I'm assuming everybody out there saw that poll said uh, Johnson is going nowhere. Um, there, there is no way Johnson is leaving. Um, I think, I think it's about a five percent chance that he is not on the Bears in 2024. Because even if, even if they can't come to an agreement on a new deal, um, he's getting the tag on him. Yeah, I think that's right. I, I don't see him walking out the door. Yeah. Now the. He, he, you might have seen um, they're they're saying that he you know he he point blank said that I want to be the, the top paid corner, corner in the NFL. Um, so they're they're talking about like twenty one million a year. I don't know whether he's going to get that, but um, yeah, with the new salary cap increase which broke today, I mean he might. Yeah, it's possible. It's just more- I I think it's going to be closer to more like twenty million a year, but. Um, and we'll have to see if he, he'll agree to that. But uh, he's not, he is not going to be leaving Chicago anytime soon. No, I don't think so either. I, I think they'll get it done. It might 
take until training camp, and I wouldn't be surprised if they put the franchise tag on him and then continue negotiating, but I, I think he's going to be a bear for a while. And it, let's not forget, that that decision is coming up on us. Yep. Uh, I think it's by the fifth that they have to decide. Well, and they could put the tag on him and then still reach an extension. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, but, I mean, they... I don't see us getting to the expiration date of the of the tag and him not getting tagged. No. So, because uh, I doubt that um, they'll have the long-term deal done by that time. No, I agree. So, well, uh, that's all it is for uh, this week. Um, yeah. Give them the stuff. Yeah, thanks for listening. Good to be back. Uh, follow us at Bears underscore scat. Um, getting closer to draft day. So, we're going to start putting together some of our draft content just like we did last year and we we made a couple of good predictions on this podcast last year so we're gonna aim to repeat that so for now uh have a good week and we'll talk to you soon bear down